Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. I am Rob McKnight and I'm thrilled to say we're doing it again and I'm joined by the serial killer whisperer, criminologist and best-selling true crime author, Amanda Howard. Hello, Amanda. Hello, stranger. How are you going? I know it's been like that. Life (laughs) is a complicated beast that gets in the way of what we do here, but we shall try to get two episodes out very quickly back to back. So it might not even be a week away before the next episode (laughs) if everything goes to plan and I really hope it does. Yes. (laughs) Seeing that we both have such crazy lives and with all this stuff coming in on us, it'll be fun to see what we can achieve and what will come in the new year as well, I guess. Yeah. and, And look, I know you, and I certainly want to keep going over the festive season. Um, I, I just think people have been very kind. They've been very patient. So over this period, we'll give them a bit of monsters who murder loving maybe. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, always with the bad jokes. Um, yeah. All right, this is an interesting case because we're going to do something different. Before I tell you details of the case, I'm going to run part of the 911 call. Let's have a look. 911, what is your emergency? Uh, CHP transfer. Pizza's on the line. Hello, can I help you? Oh. Yeah, um, so uh, I just got home from work and uh, my wife wasn't there, which is unusual, and my kids should have been there by now from like daycare. So I was like, oh, maybe she went on a walk. Um, I couldn't find her, so I called the, the daycare to see what time she picked up the kids. The kids were never picked up, so I got freaked out, so I hit like the Find My iPhone app thing, and it said that her it showed her phone, like, at our end of our driveway. We don't have really good service. Okay. Um, not the end of our driveway, but the end of our street. So I just drove down there, and I saw her phone with her headphones because she started running again. And it's, her, I found her phone, and it's got, like, hair ripped out of it, like, in the headphones. So I'm, like, totally freaking out, thinking, like, somebody, okay, like, what's just grabbed her. Okay, what's your address? Ready. What, okay, what's your last name? Yes. Papini, P-A-P-I-N-I. And your first name? Uh, Keith. K-E-I-T-H? Uh, yes. Okay. Did you go pick up your children? No, I'm going to call my mom and have her do it. Okay. What's your wife's name? I'm going to, like, knock on every door. Uh, Sherry. S-H-E-R-R-I. And same last name? Yes. She white female? Yes. What's her date of birth? Uh, it is uh, June 11, 1982. Is her vehicle there? Does she not have a vehicle? 
She has a vehicle that's at the house. Okay, the vehicle yeah, is at the house? She's running. How? Okay. Yes, I'm how? in it right now driving, and I took a picture of her phone on the ground before I picked it up. Okay, how tall is she? 5'3", 5'4". That was Keith Papini on November 2, 2016. When Papini arrived home at around 5 p.m. on that date, he came home to find his Redding, California home in silence. Usually, his 34-year-old wife, Sherry, would greet him, along with their two children. At first, he assumed his wife had perhaps taken their children out on errands. But when he called the preschool, he was told that Sherry had not collected the kids that day. Keith then rang Sherry's phone numerous times before, as you heard in that call, he used the Find My Phone app and located the phone and earbuds near a local hiking trail known as the Oregon Trail. It was then that he rang 911. Let's take a listen to the rest of that call. How much does she weigh? 100 pounds. Eye color? Uh, like a bluish blue. Okay, hair color? Blonde. Do you know what she was wearing? Is there no something idea. she always wears? I'm assuming she went running, so okay, probably there... wearing athletic textbook. Okay, there's not an outfit she always wears or anything like that. Does she run with a dog or by herself? By herself. Okay. At what time were the kids? We just started running again, and we live in a. No, when's the last sorry, time? When, when's the last time you heard from her? Uh, she sent me a text asking me if I was coming home for lunch. At what time She's was got that? Got Um. Uh. Well, give me one second. She sent me a at 10.47 asking me if I was coming home from lunch from work. And I said, sorry, long day. And that was the last. Never spoke to her on the phone, never any other contact. Okay, and what time are the kids supposed to be picked up? Way before 5.30. She usually goes at like 4.45. Okay. 4.30, 4.45. Okay, are you headed back to the house, or where are you at right now? I'm at the end of the driveway. Where, uh, I'm at the Old Oregon Trail and Sunrise where they meet, because that's right where I found her phone on the ground. You're telling me that something happened to her is the way I'm looking at it. There's like then there was hair like in the headphones, like it got ripped off of like the ground. Yeah, no, I und- I understand. I understand. Okay, I'm sorry. I know you're okay. trying to keep me calm, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of vehicle are you in? I'm in a black Kia Optima. Oh my God. And I live, I mean, we live down kind of a sketchy street, so I yeah. definitely, I don't know if I'm allowed to knock on everybody's door, but I will if I'm allowed to do that. Well, let's just have the officers contact you so they can start, you know, processing everything, figure out what's going on, okay? And I understand you're freaking out a little bit. We want to we wanna make sure we get your kids. Make sure they're okay. Obviously, yeah, I'm going to call my mom start, and have her. Yeah, they better start getting your phone up. Yes. Do you want me to wait right here for somebody? If you want to head back to your residence so they can contact you there, and in case she does return. Okay. Okay. We'll have them contact you at your residence. Call us back if anything changes, all right? All right, so they're going to call the number you just took down the 355? They'll probably call you when they're on their way, and they're going to come out in person. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome.
Okay, bye. Bye-bye. And so began a massive manhunt for Sherry Papini and her captors. The first witnesses came forward and one stated that they had seen Sherry around lunchtime that day running along Sunset Drive towards the area where her phone was found. Another claimed to have seen her at 2pm. The following day, a huge air and ground search began of the Oregon Trail area, as well as interviews with almost 300 sex offenders registered in the area. According to Shasta County Police, they believe that it was likely Sherry had been abducted. The case garnered national and international attention, and soon a reward of $50,000 was posted for information regarding a person or persons who had taken the woman. It is interesting to note that a week into the missing persons case, Keith Papini was interrogated by police and submitted to a lie detector test, and he was cleared as the person of interest in the case. For three weeks, the woman's disappearance was a lead story on many national news channels, and then the unthinkable happened. At 4.30am on November 24, 2016, a motorist reported seeing Sherry running along the woodland stretch of Interstate 5, an area 150 miles south of the Papini home in Reading. Sherry was located soon after. She had a chain around her waist and others around her wrists and ankles. She was taken to a nearby hospital due to injuries she had suffered during her period of captivity. Her injuries included extreme weight loss, injuries to her arms and legs, a broken nose, skin rashes and a branding. Many people rejoiced at the woman's return and everyone was eager to find out what had happened to Sherry during the three weeks since she went missing. Sherry told police that she had been abducted at gunpoint by two Hispanic women. She was unable to provide any details about their appearance as they kept their faces covered the entire time that they had kept her captive. She claimed to have been beaten severely, her face bearing the bruises from the assault, including a broken nose. She also had her hair cut off and had a branding on her shoulder. She had been starved and lost 40 pounds. DNA swabs were taken from Papini's clothing and came back with both female and male DNA, none of it matching her husband. But then, her story began to fall apart and police, including the FBI, stopped looking for the two Hispanic women and instead turned their attentions to Sherry Papini herself and a suspect that police later described a male acquaintance in Michigan after texts were discovered between the two leading up to Sherry's abduction. In August 2020, through DNA genealogy, tracing police were able to match the male DNA sample found on the woman's clothing to that of Papini's ex-boyfriend. The man was questioned at length and told detectives that Sherry had faked the entire thing. And so, on August 13, 2020, a little before 4pm, Sherry was brought into questioning at Shasta County Sheriff's Office, unaware of the information police now had. And this is where we begin today's analysis. Amanda Howard, what a setup! What a twist! <laughs> I'm in! <laughs> I knew you'd love this one. I just, oh. I didn't tell you anything about it before we even started. We're doing this differently and we're shaking it up a bit to um, see see how, how you handle this one because you've been oh. too good lately. I love it. I love it. I'm really invested. Um, what was? Let's go back to the 911 call for a moment before we get into the interrogation. What I found interesting about that was he feels something's wrong. He's trying to remain calm. He certainly had an air of believability. At no point did I think he has done anything here. Oh, I 
okay, I, I keep hearing Chris Watts, Chris Watts, Chris Watts. I'm thinking he's trying to fill in those gaps that I always say that people that are guilty often do. I saw that there was issues with him saying, oh, you know, I, I don't know what time she rang, you know, and so, so he's trying to find the exact time. And I felt that there was, um, yeah, at, he, he knew something was wrong, but the way that he reacted was very strange as well. But, do you think, I mean, we, we I, I all just react thought- differently. You you, you you never believe that it could actually happen, right? So yeah. even though yeah. he's starting to see some evidence of the phone and everything like that, he's thinking, what else could this be? Am I wasting the police's time? So, you yeah. know, like to call 911 is a very big deal. And so when you've made that call, you're trying to justify not only to the operator but to yourself why you've made mm-hmm. that decision to call and a nervous energy would be filling in. And I, I felt we went on a journey with him through that where he went, he's looking at it more and more and thinking, this isn't adding up. I was right to call. Something isn't right here. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that the 911 um, operator and they always are calm and collected and she's asking all of these questions and yeah. he's trying to think about the answers before he says, yeah, he has no idea of, of his wife's date of birth and all of this sort of stuff. Um, and and yeah, as you say, I'd probably be guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, can you confirm that in the background? <laughs> I still don't know. Yours after, what, no, 35 years of friendship, 40 years of friendship. <laughs> yeah, we're getting that old now. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you are right there because th- there is so much going on. And as we know, he, he arrived home just, just after five and this calls mate at quarter to six. So he has spent three quarters of an hour justifying what's going on and him trying yeah. to find those answers. So, you know, it's it's interesting how this goes, but it also shows how he reacts because uh, what we're going to see soon is just so different and it sort of lets us understand him a bit more. Okay, well, unusually, we start this interrogation with both Sherry Papini and her husband, Keith, in the interview room with a detective and an FBI agent. Sherry is sitting diagonal to the camera. Keith is facing towards the desk. The officers sit on the other side of the table. As the interview begins, Sherry moves closer to Keith as she claims the details of the kidnapping from four years ago are getting foggy. The lead detective then goes through photos of a few possible female suspects in her kidnapping. With that, we started looking at different people and who might be involved and just trying to figure it out. And I wanted to show you this picture. And obviously, um, people can change their weight. People can change the color of their hair. Don't. Um, just because the photo might be a little bit different, as you know, women like to change their hair and their makeup, their the weight can change, so that, that might be a little bit different. But we wanted to take a look at this uh, six pack and see if you recognize anybody. See these six photos. Um, you don't feel like you have to provide an answer. There's no right or wrong answer. So let us know if you see anybody in this photo that you do recognize. And if you do, we'll talk about how. If you could just wait not to say anything, and talk. Yeah, that way yeah, we don't yeah. influence. <laughs> so nobody jumps out. I mean, this one a little bit, but can you say this one a little bit? Which number is it? Number three. 
And when you're ready, I'll show Nothing's you. Nothing's really like. There's nothing in there that says, oh, yeah, that's her. No. Okay. Interesting. She watching the video feed of that Amanda. She looks pretty intensely at some points of those photos, and even points someone out as a possible suspect. Yeah, she's really trying to look closely and trying to sort of come up with something that's. Oh, yeah, she looks kind of like number three, you know, because she knows that she's between a rock and a hard place. So she doesn't want to pin a crime on an innocent person, but she has no idea that they know that she knows that they know that she knows, kind of thing. So, um, so she's just trying to say, oh, kind of. So, so there's no positive identification, mm. purely because of of this place that she finds herself but as we can see keith stood up there and was quite keen to sort of be there as that support person he he will want to get you know a closer look from far away to see if, if things look different um just to see if he could be any help to her by maybe seeing that these people and realize that there was someone from the street or something mm. so um keith, keith was just as intently staring Yes, absolutely. As both Sherry and Keith look at the photo, Sherry does something that, Amanda, is on your list of signs of deception. She asks for a tissue before doing a show and dance with the suspect photos. Do you have a tissue? Yeah. It's hard because the other photos are distracting me. Can you give me another piece of paper, if you don't mind? Another piece? Yeah, I want to cover them. Upside down? Yes. I want to look at them when they want Sure. Easier. <laughs> A little distracting. There we go. Thank you. under those eyes, but I don't know. This is really hard. Take your time. I mean, for her, like I said, if it's even close, it's worth telling you guys, obviously, to look at it, right? Or well, no, it's just, it need to... obviously, we know they're masked. We know there's already yeah. hurdles to come about. Um, just another tool, another way to... Just another... And obviously, because you don't know the people. If you knew the people, then you'd show pictures, but... Uh. I'm going to try not to put this on this a little bit easier. Yeah, it's it, I don't know. For some reason, it makes it harder when you're looking at, like, a crowd of... Okay, just to explain for those listening on the audio feed, she's using um, various pieces of papers to take the multiple images that are on the page given to her by detectives and she's trying to isolate them. So she's using pieces of paper to show one of the photos at a time, which sort of makes sense, Amanda. It does seem like she's doing her best to hone in on certain photos on the pages she's been given. You would honestly believe she's trying to find a suspect here. Yeah, absolutely. And and Keith is falling for hook, line and sinker. Oh, yeah. um, he's he's even saying, you know, yeah, if you would see the person, you'd probably know what they look like. And she's going, oh, yeah, that one's got slightly puffy eyes like I think they had. And we're talking four years later and she's saying that they had puffy eyes and that's all, 
all the chair you could see. So um, she's really doing a satsang and dance. That the tissue is now squashed into her sweaty hand, so it will die. Um, and but she sort of used it very, very briefly. But um, it's just now the start of of this show is sort of coming out because she now believes that they're you know there to support her. You know, take your time. It's okay, Sherry. Take as long as you need. You know, taking us four years to get here. You know, you, you can do this. And and they're encouraging this because this is beautiful for the trial. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. <laughs> Hmm. Well, for the next 20 minutes, the detectives take Sherry through a collection of photos, most of which she claims look very similar to the house owned by the woman who abducted her. Once the detectives get her confirmation, they then lay a few things on the line. We're showing you all of this um, because ultimately this is the house uh, that they live at. Uh, we talked to the people who live there We've, Sorry. <laughs> we we've we found the house. We found who was involved. Um, we talked to who was involved. Um, we talked to family who who knows that you were there, uh, and talked to a couple people that, or talked to one guy um, who did see you um, during this event. Um, unfortunately. There's a lot of truths. There's a lot of things that were that were said that we have always confirmed. That we've always said. There's there's a lot of truths, and then there's some unknowns. Like one of the simple ones, like well, this description of the bathroom is just weird. Like that was like an argument in all of our offices where we were sitting there like this. This part's weird, um, but then we find a house with it. Then the the all thread through the thing. That's just and that's just weird. Um, it's unique to this place. Like that's a pretty custom. You can't just go out to IKEA and buy a closet that looks like this. Yeah, exactly. Right. So once once we have all those things and we start talking to the person who lives here, who had lived there, who still lives there, um, start talking to his family and starting that whole investigation, peeling one thing back after another after another, doing the same thing we've done for the last four years. Uh, it led us to a specific person, uh, but not a female. It led us to the car that picked you up, but not an SUV. So there's lots of different aspects that are truths and falses. Uh, and we're, we're to the point now that nobody would have ever imagined that this would have blown up the way that it did. So I've been a cop 15 years. I've never seen the media scale that, that this garnered pretty quickly. Um, how long have you been law enforcement now? 12 years in the Bureau. So, like, of the minds, Brian, who's been around 20 plus years, people have been in my office like 25, 30 plus years, um, the media attention that this got out was, was insane. Um, so I think with that being said, some choices and some decisions Ultimately, ultimately changed the original path of of what happened. Um, I don't think anybody would have 
wish the media frenzy that occurred like for this event, no matter what the situation, if it was a kid, because the media skewed so many facts. It, it brought so many people in from the woodwork that if we didn't have the woodwork, we wouldn't have the noise. And that brings a lot of pressure when you get that kind of scrutiny. Yeah. So we, we'd like to talk to you more about those things, and we can do it with Keith here, or we can ask Keith to leave. Uh, it's whatever you're comfortable with, so we can break down some of the problems. If you want Keith here, all we want is to, to, to have the truth. All we want is to be able to tell the truth. Um, all of that's all we've ever wanted from day one. Uh, we went, we talked to you for hours, we've been there, we've, we've done the, all these different things, waiting for something, waiting for it to break, waiting for us to get, lead something to hear. Because um, the DNA came back, like I said, to a specific person. Uh, that specific person told us very specific things. Uh, his family then told us specific things. Uh, so if we can talk with Keith or without Keith here, uh, what would you like? It's completely up to you. <laughs> oh, Amanda, <laughs> I love how. So we're, what, 30 minutes in now. Her silence is deafening there after she had raved on and on and on, and they're basically saying now she hasn't been telling the truth. Yeah, it's when a police officer brings up truth in an interrogation, you you know you're done, basically, because they've let you talk. As you said, half an hour she was going on with these women's photos and what they possibly could have looked like and what they did and everything, and they're going, okay, there's your story, it's out now, now we're going to come and tell you what really happened and we know who, who the DNA comes to and everything. And so now it's like, do you want Keith to stay in the room? She obviously wants to ask them, what do you have before I decide? But she can't do that. So she's she's in this rock and a hard place even more so now because she doesn't know. She's just been blindsided because they had, had lulled her in, into a false sense of security that she was okay. And we see this happen because... During that time, um, Keith was sitting further and further back away from her. Like he was literally standing on top of her and was told to sit down at the beginning of that. And very she reached first out week. for his hand and he didn't take it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So he's like, whoa, there's something going on that I have no idea about. Why he's in the room, I have no idea, but it's just fabulous. And I like having a different sort of interrogation mm. happening, you know. But, but she doesn't know what she wants to do because she wants to have them say, yes, you're a poor victim here, but she's thinking that maybe they do know the truth, but she wants to confirm that before she wants him to stay or, or not as her support <laughs> person. So because this is going to destroy their relationship if she realises that they know what she did. So uh, that's very, very confusing. But, yeah, so it's it's just it's interesting how this is starting to play out. Isn't it just? We just stopped that clip waiting for Sherry to decide if Keith should, should he stay or should he go? Uh, I don't know which <laughs> way I think that she'll too. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, which exactly. way will she go? I, I do this to myself sometimes when I'm researching this. I think, okay, what do I think she's going to do to see if I can guess where she was going? But I sat on that one for a while. It's like, oh, I don't know which way she's going to go. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. <laughs>
So, and she's literally there in that silence, isn't she? While she's trying to think, she's there. Okay, what have they got? Uh, yes, it'd be good to have Keith for support, but if they start throwing big accusations out, this is going to change that dynamic. Yeah. If he's out of the room, he won't hear these allegations and maybe I can talk my way out of it. Oh, you're so good, Robert. I'm very proud of you. You're, you're kind of getting this. <laughs> I don't think you need me anymore. <laughs> well, let's see what she decides to do. And like I've always said, I wanted you to have a voice. I wanted you to make decisions. I wanted you to control certain aspects. I think I told you that on the first interview we ever had. I never want to bully you. I never want you to believe I'm bullying you. I want you to take back control. Uh, that's one of those things. This is that, that take back control of the interview, uh, which I promised you to do the first time you talk, if you remember that. Actually, we were in Mount Shasta, so the second time you talked. Um, it's been a long road, Sherry, but we just want to talk to you. We can have some kids step out. That's going to make you more comfortable. It's up to you. Do you want to step out or do you want to stay? Obviously, I want to stay. <laughs> or we can do a little bit of both. Talk to you alone first and then have him come back in. It's completely up to you. And that's why I'm not even looking at Keith. I don't care about your opinion, Keith. Uh, I, what we want out of this is just is the truth. Uh, so we can get ahead of some things, so we can help control things. How crazy things got. So the unknown of if I say certain things, what's Keith's reaction? Because you don't know what I'm going to say, right? So I don't know Keith's reaction either. Um, so if I say other things, like, oh, Keith won't worry about that, he can come back in. But I'd rather give you the opportunity to hear things, be able to judge it, because it, at everything, right, I'm saying things to you that are making you nervous. It's making Keith nervous. It's it's changing the element, right? What, we changed the tone of the interview. You can feel it already in the room from the way you walked in to what you're feeling right now. Uh, so. Well, I mean, law enforcement has always been an issue, so. Okay. So if if you want Keith to leave, I'll ask Keith nicely to leave. Um, if you don't want Keith to leave, then he can sit here and press on. Press on. And we'll, we'll move on to the next stages. But I want to give you that opportunity first. Obviously, everything's fearful. If you tell him to leave, and what I'm going to say is benign, then then he's going. To, we can pull him back in the room. Like, hey, Keith, come out again. This, this is what this is what we talked about. Um, so, so that fear of him wigging out. Why? Why is she trying to hide something from me? There is. If there's been help, me. Yeah, there's no trick here. We're just yeah. trying to make sure that yeah, if there's control to stop, because you can't be to talk to us truthfully. They're asking you. They're not asking me. Obviously, I'll, I would want to be here and whatever needs to come out. And you can change your mind in the future, too. If you but want no to change what, it's going to get out. So. Like I said in the beginning, you're free to go. So if you wanted to chat with them privately, that's fine, too. But we want to talk to you. And we can leave the room, give you guys the room for a couple minutes. Um, this next stage of things could be could be benign. Could be like, I've, oh, I, we forgot to tell you this. Or, oh, yeah, all of these things make sense now. 
Um, the, I could tell you the puzzle that makes it all come together, or I can tell the puzzle that crashes everything apart. I don't know what that piece is, honestly. All I know is facts. All I know is certain specific items that will either tear the castle down or is going to build the castle up. And I don't want to. I don't want to build, tear the castle down, and not give you the ability to then fix your own castle, even if it's just a small thing here or it's the whole castle. I want you to be able to to choose that. Um, so we can step out of the room, let you guys talk, because I don't know what information I'm going to do if it's life-changing news or if it's, oh yeah, everything's fine. I just don't know what it is. Um, usually, right, we show the pictures because everybody's invested in this picture. Keith, do the drawings. Keith's the one who gave this stuff. So Keith has always been a part of your memory for small details. Um, and that's why Keith's been in here this whole time. <laughs> And that's why he makes me feel safe. In you. Absolutely, well, he makes you feel safe too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want. I know you can, can change my Absolutely. And again, I just don't know what the pieces are. So if I would say, "Hey, this is going to bring the whole world down," I tell you, "It's going to bring the whole world down." Mm -hmm. And then we need to talk talk alone, uh, or I would suggest we talk alone. Uh, but that's completely up to you guys because I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll be we'll be right back. What the hell is this crap? Um, no, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why aren't the police just saying, Keith, get the fuck out? Like, why is she getting to make the decision? Because they're in... I don't understand. They know what they've got. I don't know if we're going to build you up or tear you down. Bitch, we're tearing you down, and we're going to give yeah. you the dignity of not having your husband here because she won't be as honest with the husband in the room. It makes no sense for the husband to be in the room with what I presume they're I about to lay on her. Why the hell are they even giving her a choice? The detective just <laughs> should have said, Sunshine, out. <laughs> reasons and they can't be doing this one is to sort of lull her into a false sense of security which is which they've absolutely done but now they won't shut up yeah she they won't stop talking i mean she's flip-flopping she's the only person in the room not talking and i don't get why the there's nothing in it for the detectives having keith there they've lulled them both into a false sense of security and then he's basically said bitch i'm about to tear you down and do you want your husband here to watch or not? I mean, it's like, uh, you know, there's scenarios I'm thinking of what it's like, but I'm yeah. not going to go into that. You know, like, but what? Why do these cops what a waste always of have... time? Well, yeah, but it's not as compelling, I think. So, but I love how these cops always have a. It's always a, compelling. A Don't get me wrong. Always compelling no, but, with the clip she chooses. But, but like this guy got a castle this guy's got a castle we've had a guy with a snowball we, we had um the <laughs> the um another case where we had the, the the pencil with the eraser on the end they always have these stories that they want to sort of join and and for him to say oh i don't know if if we're going to build your castle or tear it down as you said bitch we know what we're about to do and we're going to lay it on you do you know what um, i think that's a mistake because if i was being interrogated and he said that my first thought would be Ah, I'll be able to talk my way out of this. Give them nothing, 
right? Because you've, he has said, I honestly don't know whether I'm going to build you up or tear you down, meaning there's some question marks, but in my head I'm thinking there's a way out. He has opened the door a little bit to there being a way out of this. I think it's yeah, a big mistake. he's lying. <laughs> he's lying completely. As we say, right to remain silent. That is the number sure. one rule I give to everyone. Don't say anything. And so they've got her all comfy and nice and talking and showing suspect photos and showing that they found the suspect's house and all of this sort of stuff. Wonderful. And, you know, and now we, we just want to ask you a couple more questions, but we don't know if you want your husband here. It's like, oh, just bitch slapper. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> just, all right. Just don't right. Let's have, a yep. Let's have a look at what happens. Sherry and Keith, they're in the room together. They're having a huddle. They're in the room. What's going to happen? Let's see. The anticipation. Okay, so there's a lot of whispering in there, but the bits I could make out, she's basically saying she doesn't want to press charges against the woman who abducted her because she saved her life. Yeah, so that's exactly what she's saying. So she said that two two Hispanic women had abducted her and one of them helped her escape and that's why she got away and so she doesn't want to see her prosecuted for, for, for the kidnapping. Um, and it's just interesting that 
that's where she went with this story and but what we also hear is that she she actually almost spits these words at keith like she she treats him like he's an idiot and we'll see that in this case he kind of is but there is a at this point in time there absolutely perfect word perfect word that's exactly what what's going on she is starting to think maybe they know but she's still sticking with her story and she was not going to make any sort of um out, outreach of confessions or anything to him. Mm. The reason I know that word is it's the contempt you usually have for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it is interesting that the officers are about to re-enter after only two minutes. Why so short a period of time? Well, I mean, we've seen people come in and, and, and be support persons before and they can be there for like half an hour, three quarters, quarts of an hour usually but they are outside listening to every word that's being said and they could see that she wasn't going anywhere but down the same story about the two women who had kidnapped her so there, there was no use standing outside it was a waste of time okay so their motivation was they were hoping she might confess to keith but that was never going to yeah. happen no <laughs> no not at all <laughs> I'm losing faith in these detectives. All right. So the two officers return to the room and, as we said, after only two minutes and just keep asking her what she wants to do before they slam her with one thing that is about to change the entire trajectory. I don't want you to find her. We're not going to find her. She's the reason why I get to see my children every day. I agree, but we're not going to find her. She's the reason? What do you mean by that? She means the younger one let her go. Right? That's what you're referring to? Um, we're not going to find her. Uh, and we can we can just skip to, we can skip to the rock into the water and ruffle up the pond if we want to now. Again, the, this is your last opportunity. This, this is the last time if you want to do this alone or with Keith. Keith's been through this also on a different level. Um, so I'm, I'm ready just to, I'm ready to move on and, and throw the dart and throw the rock and see what happens with the water. But Sherry, look, look at me. What do you want? I don't want her to get in trouble. She's not going to get in trouble. So the DNA came back to James Reyes. Uh, and the DNA that was on you belongs to James Reyes. Okay. I feel like that was a bit of a mic drop. Who is James Reyes? <laughs> well, James Reyes is um, is her ex-boyfriend and he is involved oh. in this kidnapping and that's why his DNA is found on her but not in the way you're probably thinking. Okay, this is a picture of him. It's a very blurry photo, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks like. <laughs> okay. So, yep, yep, just, just yep. It's blurry, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Now I need uh, to know a whole lot more. And, Amanda, you want those watching the video to watch also for the change in Keith. Let's have a look. The picture of the table is James Ray's little brother. He died recently. Uh, he, we talked to him. We, he's been on a polygraph. We talk to everybody around him. We have the rental agreements, phone rental, the car rental agreements. We have we have everything that says that he said he told the truth. That's James' brother, deceased Nick. 
So everything, you've told us so many truths in this situation. The reason why you can describe the room is because you stayed in the room in the dark for hours, for days on end. The reason why you lost so much weight is because you stopped eating. The reason why you got a rash on your arm is because you cleaned his house. The reason why the brand is because he went to the store, bought the brand new tools and branded you. The reason why your nose was broke is because of a hockey stick. I know all of those things and I know there was no sex. I know all of that because he passed a polygraph test. That said, it's not an abduction. She asked me to come get her. No. I rented a car. No. I drove up and picked her up. He, he passed the polygraph test, Sherry. If that's not what happened, what did happen, Sherry? I don't know. No, there's no way. It's James. There's no way. There's no way. The DNA doesn't lie. His DNA, his DNA was on you. His there's brother. no way. Robert saw you in the house while you were down there. While everything He's spun Robert. out of control, his cousin. Why everything ran out of control on the initial. There's no way. It's it's 100% Robert's or James's DNA. We even collected blonde hairs from the room. <laughs> now that. Is a mic drop, Amanda. Okay, give us a quick <laughs> recap of what we just witnessed and heard. Okay, well, from her original statements, she talked about the room that she was kept in and, you know, there was a photo on, on the table and there was a weird cupboard that looked like this and the bathroom was set up this way. And that was all truths because she stayed at her ex-boyfriend's place for this entire time that she was abducted. So it's, it's interesting that, you know, that they... Her, her truth actually made her lies even easier to to point out. So it's quite interesting. But the interesting part in all, all of that is Keith. Keith sits further and further back. He changes his legs. He 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 throws his arms in like the cross position, but he does it with with like a, a grunt almost because he's so furiously angry right now because he knew the name as soon as they had said it. Yeah. And when she broke into tears, he's like like what the fuck basically yeah. that that's where he was there were a couple of interesting things to me during that her first thing was to say i don't know i can't trying to yeah. buy time to think of a way out the the, the evidence yeah. is all there he's passed a polygraph he's told them everything right but she's yeah. buying time yeah. with the i don't know and then yeah if you listen to what she's doing She's trying to play the card that she still was abducted, but it was by her ex-boyfriend. And <laughs> if you listen to the way she said, it couldn't have been James. He, you know, I, I don't can't remember if she threw a he wouldn't do this in there, but it was something like that. And it was that kind of language that was still giving her plausible deniability. <laughs> Yes, but because we know that they've already spoken to J James, we know mm. that she was 
she was the instigator of all of this. And I think, as they said earlier, that this thing got away from her because that there's this um, uh, theory about, you know, young white female that they get all, all of the press. And this got all the all, yeah. all the press. I remember when she was abducted, like, you know, here we are in Australia and we knew about the case. And, of course, we're, we're all going, husband did it, you know, and that's instantly what we expect. So when she's found, you know, and then she claims that she was um, abducted by Hispanic women and we know that there's been other cases by young white females that blame people of other cultures and other races. That's a whole thing as, as well that we will go into when we do probably the Susan Smith case. But it's just interesting that I think she didn't expect it to go here. So what her original motives were had to change because the case blew up. But what are the motives? Why did she want to pretend she was abducted? Was it financial? Was it to get away from the husband? Uh, uh, wait. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, yep. we'll put a pin in that one for the moment. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so the two officers now start throwing more and more evidence at her. Why are you saying it's not yours? <laughs> Why are you saying it's not? They found me. What's up? We were friends. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And he came and got you because you asked him. <laughs> no. When was the last time you had contact with James? His brother died. Brother died in 2017. <laughs> Was it before or after the abduction? Before. Before. <laughs> when was the last time you saw him? I don't know. Forever ago, when I lived in Southern California. So the last person-to-person -person contact you had with him was back in 2006? When you were living in Southern California? I don't know. So, was it prior to your marriage? It's him. There is no way it's him. Well, it is. The DNA tells us that it, it was his well, DNA on you. The, the DNA alone says it's him. And when we talked to him and confronted him with the DNA, he told he, us what happened. He 100% told us what happened. And gave us details that nobody else would know. And we can call him and we can all talk about it. But ultimately, can you look at me for a second? Ultimately, we put him on a polygraph like we did Keith. Keith was inconclusive, to be honest with you, on whether he was involved or not. But 100%, James was showing the truth. The questions were, did Sherry ask you to come pick her up? He answered yes. That was the truth on a polygraph. We asked him, if the two of you ever had sex? The answer was no. During 2016. During 2016, during the abduction, he said no, that was the truth. We asked him if you asked him to brand, if you asked him to brand you, the answer was yes. And he passed the polygraph on all of those questions. He took us to the stores where he bought the chain. He taught, we talked to the friend who rented the car. A car that he rented drove over 900 miles in a day on the drop-off point. Sure, I know this is a lot to take in. 
fault. It's not like we don't know the answers to these questions. And the fear of fear of Keith's reaction, obviously now he's in the room. The fear of media, the fear of all of these things are coming are coming forward. They're, they're in front of you now. Uh, the only way to get a hold of it, the only way for everybody to come together and heal, the whole community has to heal, is to is for us to be able to say when we when we presented all of the evidence, all of the stuff that came forward, she you told us the truth. You told us what happened. Because you did go in a dark room, that's true. You did slay in the backseat of a car, that's true. You did uh, lose weight, you were branded, your hair was cut, you did have bruises all over. But how those bruises got there are because you did it and James did some. The reason why your nose got broke is because you held the hockey stick to your face and he forced it into your nose. The reason why the brand is in a straight line is because he did it. He described exactly where it was. He told us exactly how he did it, where he did it, how he did it. Only you and I and maybe five other people know where the brand was. He told me immediately. Wow. Uh, Keith has checked out. He believes it. You can see it, the way he's moving further away from her, and, and he's been doing that throughout the video, but this is the moment you can see it. He's just like, this all makes sense to me. Yep, yep. He knew that once they started talking and brought James into it and said, you know, this is all basically a lie, he he knew exactly, as you said, he was he was right to walk out then and there. So he had been her support for four years, hmm. and now this gets thrown in, in in his face and like james has thrown her under the bus he's not only done that he's driven over her like a dozen times because he has given them absolutely everything that they need for the case to move forward against her and it's just now about her pleading her case and as we see you know that the, the upward facing uh, palms you know that that begging um gesture that, that that people make when they want to be believed and no one is believing them and she's she's there alone right now mm. there's no one in this world that wants to help or protect her yeah absolutely and i'll tell you something it's going to be interesting to see how she defends herself and whether she's going to keep trying to dig that hole or whether she's going to come clean and amanda will find that out in the next episode of monsters who murder <laughs> serial killer confessions Yep, that hole is it's still very shallow. There's so much more to go. Mm. This is a fascinating case. I'm, I'm really <laughs> addicted to it. I cannot wait for the next episode. We'll be rushing this one out, let me tell you, and recording it very, very soon so that we can get to the bottom of this and find out what happens next. Amanda Howard, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Thank you, Robert. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Monsters Who Murder. If you want early access to that next episode, make sure you get on Patreon at patreon.com slash mwmconfession. There's a whole range of tiers there. And you can subscribe to the video directly through Uscreen by going to mwm.uscreen.io. I'm Robert Knight. We'll see you soon. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.